You're listening to Lone Star 360, your weekly update for sports in the Lone Star State. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Ryan, along with Zach and David, and we are Lone Star 360. Happy New Year, guys. It's 2022, man. It's time to get pumped. I'm so excited just about what the New Year New Year is going to bring for all of us, man. And honestly, it's already brought in two things. One thing being Zachary Carter's birthday, which was yesterday. Happy birthday, Zach. I hope you had an awesome birthday. And then, yo, another thing we have to bring in Shazam. Now, Shazam is our special guest. All right. Now, I've been knowing Shazam since we were kids. And, man, every time I talk to this man, this man is always, always up to something good. Whether it's playing basketball or doing what he has to do on the job, this man he does it all. Shazab, what's up, man? How you doing today, bro? Ryan, that's probably the best intro I'll ever have in my life, so I appreciate that. I'm good. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity coming on uh, y'all's podcast. I've been looking forward to coming on. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and get started, man. Yo, so. I want to just give you guys this on the date, man. So since we're in t- we're, we're in uh, Texas and we're talking about Dallas and we're talking about Texas sports and everything like that, let's go ahead and start with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys in 1976 beat the Rams 27-7 to in the NFC title game en route to a Super Bowl. Now, they did not win that Super Bowl. They didn't go to the Super Bowl, of course. But, yo, that team, that 70s team, the 70s, what you would call a dream team, a legacy team, that was a really, really hot team. Zachary Carter, your thoughts on that awesome team? Um, Pretty good. I mean, you got to think about the legends of Roger Staubach, Captain America, Drew Pearson, Tony Hill, those guys, um, and just the, the donning of America's team you know, the nickname that, that the journalism guys gave us. Um, I think it was just, you know, they fell short in the Super Bowl, but man, like it spurred us on to the, to being, you know, winning Super Bowls and winning all those games in the nineties. So looking back at it, it's, it's crazy to think, but, um, but yeah, I mean, looking back at it as a big cowboy fan and cowboy historian with stuff, looking back at all those great teams, like, you know, that 1976 team was a very underrated team. And uh, I, it was just an interesting day in sports today. You know, it's crazy to think that we're still in the regular season, you know, nowadays. And back then, literally, they're playing in the NFC Championship game on January the 4th. So times have changed from now until 1976. So it's, it's cool, cool to look back. Yeah, 
Hey, Zach, you're not lying, man. It is cool to look back. I uh, sometimes think the the past uh, can also become your present and future. So, hey, you're right. It's, aw- it's honestly awesome to look back at everything like that. But let's go. Speaking of sports, let's go ahead and get our weekly recap in. Zach, let's go ahead and get started with number one. So first things first, um, we don't we haven't really brought up soccer much in our podcast so far, but it is a part of us. So FC Dallas, um, their big star, um, as long as U.S. men's national team star Ricardo Pepe is leaving FC Dallas to go to FC Augsburg. Um, so I think that will be an interesting um, signing. And I think maybe just maybe he – he'll get a lot more experience overseas where we need to be putting our players and who knows? I mean, I think that's a big thing for him and a really big thing for FC Dallas. Cause that just shows how much development and talent they have, you know, coming through their, their Academy. Um, but, uh, David, mm-hmm. um, yes, sir. What are your thoughts on it? Cause I know you're a big soccer guy. So the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it, Zach. And to you guys, I, I kind of want to apologize because I feel like I've been dropping the ball as far as our soccer news goes. But, um, you know, uh, Pepe, Ricardo Pepe is insanely, insanely talented player. Um, maybe one of the best we've seen in FC Dallas in a long time. Um, you know, he, he came to us last year, a couple years ago, and he he put the league on, on notice, like immediately scoring all like 16 goals in his first season, I think. But mm-hmm. um, for him to go to Augsburg, they're actually 15th in the Bundesliga, uh, which, you know, they compete with huge teams like Bayern, Dortmund. And, uh, uh, like, I just thought that was really crazy for him to want to go to the bottom level team in that league. You know, it, it really says something about his desire to play at a high level despite, you know, maybe it not being the, the most ideal uh, team to play on, you know, he's going to get a lot of playing time in this situation. Yeah. And from, from that, I mean, it's great exposure. You, you never know where he's going to end up. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about what, what he's up to and we're, we'll, we don't know where he's going to go, but I think he's going to be known around the world. Definitely got to look out for. Oh, m- most definitely. Um, Zeb, you know, you're our special guest, so we would love to hear your thoughts. I know you're not a big soccer guy, um, from what I've known you for. So, you know, the floor is yours. If you know anything about it, you can, you can spout off anything, you know, um, but we would love to hear your insight. So go ahead. Floor is yours, man. Appreciate that, Zach. Uh, I'm going to be quite honest. I don't really know uh, FC Dallas like that. I don't really keep up with them. Um, but just going off of based on what I'm looking at, it looks like it is um, a sad day for the FC Dallas community. It looks like he's uh, he's about to be 19 on the, what was it, on the 9th. And he's FC Dallas's leading scorer in 2021 with 13 goals and 31 appearances, including a career-high 24 starts. Um, I think that, as a teenager by itself, I think is really impressive. And 
um, it really uh, the, the sky's the limit, you know, for someone especially that young and coming into like a major leagues like FC Dallas, I think it'll be a great move for him. But, you know, um, would have loved for him to stay in Dallas and maybe just turn into a superstar here. Yeah, I agree with you, man. It's it's a crazy time, you know. These 18, 19-year-old soccer players are going overseas and being being mega stars. So interesting there. Um, Ryan, I know you're same boat as Zeb. And- yeah, man. Uh, uh, kind of going off of what uh, Zeb was just talking about, who um, uh, just about what he has already accomplished. Uh already gifted already accomplished in fc dallas uh so it's a loss for fc dallas but i mean i'm excited to see what he's gonna do uh, i feel like he's gonna go and uh honestly uh kick ass uh, i think he's gonna go ahead and do what he has to do <laughs> whoa so, whoa yeah yeah uh, yeah i said it. all right anyway let's talk about wait wait, wait i'd like to say one more thing about um go ahead. uh peppy because I, I just wanted because he posted on his Instagram and the best the best part about all of this, he does say um, eventually, you know, I want to come back to FC Dallas and, and come out of the tunnel again. So we'll see what happens. Okay. I think there's a, a very good chance, you know, later down the line, maybe when he's done, you know, Premier League, La Liga, wherever, maybe he comes back to Dallas. I, I, I just had to had to let you guys know about that. Cause that, I mean, that would be a, a cool way to like reunite. So yeah, David, well, you love that, wouldn't you? Oh man, you know I love I love soccer. <laughs> Dang, bro, <laughs> sound on. like it was your girlfriend. You said I love soccer. <laughs> All right, <God>. cut. <laughs> All right, anyway, so guys, number two, bro. Man, number two, and this is a big moment in Mavericks history. Um all Mavericks fans across the world. Um, Dirk Nowitzki gets his number retired Wednesday night. Um, cannot, cannot, words can't express how excited I am for that game, for that ceremony. Um, man, childhood idol, David's childhood idol. I mean, it is like, it's crazy to think growing up watching him win a championship for Dallas, doing all this stuff. And looking at it like, dang, man, like he's actually getting his number retired. So it's just it's going to be a, an emotional game, emotional time for fans and players. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, David, the floor is yours on that one, because I I mean, my, I'm <sighs> speechless on it. So you can take you man, can take it away on that one. Oh, we we uh, we at Lone Star 360, we love Dirk Nowitzki. He's a DFW legend. Um, I mean, there's just so much to be said. Uh, looking back on on all the time, great times he gave us growing up, like that run on the 2011 championship, um, just a ton of great moments. Me, me and uh, Ryan, uh, excuse me, yeah, me and Ryan actually saw Ryan. I, I'm at a loss for words. We saw Dirk Nowitzki two days ago, and I was just my jaw dropped honestly like ryan what did you what was your like how do you even like respond to seeing him because i i'm still at a loss for words so uh we'll we'll talk about um the cowboys game later but david and i got a chance to got a chance to go to the uh, cowboys game and everything like that (laughs) 
And I, I know I'm in lost words too. And, um, and you know, David, somehow David and his dad got these awesome, just these season tickets where we got to eat at a buffet and we got to go like basically down to the, uh, down to where they have the press conference and down where the celebrities go and everything like that. So me and David, we're just kind of watching everything, just, you know, getting a breath of fresh air and everything like that. And all of a sudden I hear somebody just yell Dirk. And (laughs) I look, I look to my right. And as soon as I look to my right, Dirk seven foot dude is just walking and he just passes everybody. He's smiling and everything like that. And I, man, me and David just start going crazy. We're like, Dirk, 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 Dirk. So, and, and then as soon as we said it, as soon as we start yelling, then everybody starts yelling at David. Everybody's like, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. So Dirk is just walking. He's smiling. He's waving and everything like that. And and then um, he goes to the field. He talks to some players, talks to some coaches, takes a couple pictures, and probably uh, 10 minutes, he's walking back to us. And we, me and David could not keep our eyes off of this guy. Like, we saw him. He's probably now, like, what, 50 feet away, maybe? And we see him. And we see him kind of coming back near us. And we know where he's going. He's going back to where the celebrities come out. And me and David are like, okay, let's go ahead and get in position. Like, we got to get this on camera. <laughs> so oh, yeah. we go up there, and we get back to where we were. We we get on our camera, and Dirk just comes. And he's like, he's just walking, and he has a security guard with him. And he has, like, some two kids, like, behind him. I'm not for sure if those were his kids or not, but we start screaming. We're like, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. And he, he's, he notices us because both me and David are the only ones basically screaming in that whole area. And oh, yeah. he's like, he just looks at us and he has his mask on and he waves. And dude, I promise you, I, I thought he was about to shake my hand. I wish he was, David. I really wish he was going <laughs> to shake my hand because I would have probably fainted. And <laughs> it was awesome just to see him. The fact that he noticed David and I and waved at us, I'm like, Wow. Like that really made my day, even going to the Cowboys game and everything like that. That made my day because Dirk Nowitzki is just a legend. Like oh. I said, like he is a Dallas Maverick legend. He's a DFW legend. Just the fact like one title doesn't mean a thing. Like when, it, when you're talking about Dirk, it's just a human being and he is and the person he is. Um, and we can talk about Dirk. Uh, I can, I certainly can't talk about Dirk for the longest mm. and everything like that. I want to know what Shazev thinks because you're not a Maverick fan. So what do other fans outside of Dallas think about Dirk? Appreciate that, Ryan. Um, really, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Dirk was that guy. Like, I, so like I said, like you said, I'm not a Mavericks fan, but I grew up, you know, I grew up in Texas. Um, a lot of guys around me were Mavericks fans. But aside from that, he changed the game, like especially for big men. Like, you know, all, all we were used to is like Tim Duncan post game, you know, fa- um, you know, hook shot, layup, whatever. But this guy, he could shoot threes. You know, he could take you to the basket. Um, and, you know, aside from him playing basketball, he was well known in the community. He did a lot of community work and people knew him not just for basketball. Um, but obviously, 
he beat my thunder in the Western Conference Finals en route to the uh, NBA championship. And in that oh, run, like people don't right. In that run, people don't realize who he beat. First round, Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge. Second round, Kobe Bryant and his Lakers. Third round, the young and upcoming Thunder with okay, uh, with excuse me, with Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. And in mm-hmm. the NBA championship, in six games, he beat the Heatles, LeBron, Wade, Bosch, <laughs> and their stacked, their stacked Ross. I mean, if you thought about it, like you know, you would think like you know, LeBron James, um, you know. Like you would think, you know, this is his time, and mm-hmm. the Mavericks, to their credit, I mean, they, the Miami Heat had the superstars, but the right. Dallas Mavericks were the complete team, you know, offensively, defensively, and you could have just hated, you could just sit and admire what they did, and not just Dirk, you know, Jason Terry, Deshaun Stevenson, all of them, you know, but Dirk and Dirk by himself, he. Uh, He's a legend. He mm-hmm. he des- obviously deserves to have his number retired, and he didn't take the easy way out. He stayed, uh, you know, like Kobe did, and many. Uh, not a lot of people really stay with their teams. It's not like that anymore. But yeah. much respect to him, and I know Dallas Maverick fans and DFW uh, residents really appreciate what he did for the community as well. Also, well, yeah, great. I mean, he. He did. He did a lot for Dallas, and I mean, coming from a Thunder fan, Uzeb, like to say all that really, you know, speaks volumes to you know how much respect he has around the league. You know, there's not very many players out there that would get that respect from other teams. So, uh, everybody, great points on on that topic of Dirk. So excited for Wednesday night, um, man. We got to go to our next topic, and this topic might be one of the most heated topics of the podcast here today. Um, the Cowboys fall to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Where are my where are my guys, David and Ryan, were at? Oh. Um, oh. Checking, you know. Sorry about that. Well, look, it's okay. They were there. By the way, go check out the vlog that we put on our social media. You know, they had a great time interviewing some fans, had great videos, just interesting stuff. Um, So make sure to go check that out. But back to the topic of the Cowboys game. They fall to the Arizona Cardinals 25-22. to Um, There were some controversial calls um, or controversial non-calls, whether, you know, who – you know, whatever your rooting interest is in that that in- interest. But um, my my initial thought was, you know, we're very up. The Cowboys have been very up and down. And I feel like this inconsistency this late in the season is going to bite us in the butt. And it's not going to bode well for us next week in the playoffs. But mm. you never know. Um, my, my opinion on it is I'm very – passionate about my Cowboys but you know it's it's tough to to be excited one week and just just next week you don't even know where was what is this team so uh, David Ryan first of all explain to us the viewers the listeners how that game was being there 
and just y'all's thoughts on, you know, what what were y'all thoughts on the game? You know, what how what, right. what were some strong points? What were some weak points? You know, but uh, y'all go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm happy to take the lead on that because I mean we were there for the first half and um, there really just wasn't much to be excited about. I don't I don't think we ended up scoring till late in the in the half. We had that late drive after going down. Um, was it 10, 10 0, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, later in the game, we started to come to life and, uh, the place was honestly electric. I, I've been to a few games, but there's nothing that, uh, fuels a crowd like a comeback or the potential of a comeback. Um, and you know, the Cowboys, they, they fought to the very end, um, had a call that didn't go their way, but, you know, we had the rally towels out there and um it was really like the fans were 100 percent into it um i tell you when michael gallup went down that was kind of heartbreaking to see you know bittersweet because he got the touchdown but um for him to go down in a moment like that right near the end of his season and even more so uh possibly his last last game with the cowboys um that was kind of heartbreaking to see um but, you know, the game overall, um, I think they just took too long to figure it out. Just um, too little, too late. Yep, exactly. Ryan? Yeah, man. Um, like David said, man, um, I feel like um, the first half, man, uh, we should have – as Cowboys, man, as as like I talk about, like just the boys, man, it's all about that consistency. Uh, it's all about starting at the beginning and continuing to go. And we just weren't offensively, we were not doing a lot this game. Um, yeah. Offensively, mm-hmm. we weren't doing a lot. Uh, defensively, we're doing better than offensively, but still, like we weren't really doing much. Um I mean, it was just first down after first down after first down uh, with the Cardinals, and it was it was kind of hard. Of course, uh, that comeback, that slow comeback uh, that was itching and everything like that was getting to build and everything like that, but at the end of the day, uh, we just could not top uh, the Cardinals, and I think they outplayed us. I think, honestly, they outcoached us, um, uh, in my opinion, but I feel confident in the Cowboys – going into the playoffs, but I know it's going to be a tricky, tricky uh, topic. It's going to be tricky uh, games and tricky uh, plays that they're going to have to kind of maneuver around to actually pick up the dub and see what, uh, see what they can do. So I have full faith Mm. in the boys, but at the same time, they got a lot of work to do. And Ryan, you mentioned the, the coaching. I I think that there's a really, really a lot to be said about, um, because we, we, we saw that call in the last second, but we didn't have a timeout. We didn't have a challenge yeah. flag because we were out of timeouts. Mm, I just yeah. wonder if the end of the game could have could have been managed a little differently. Would it, I mean, it, it's something to think about. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that. Um, you know, things could have been a little bit different, but ultimately, you know, this, these last few games are ultimately about seeding, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, it is tough that we lost, but, you know, we don't want to forget about our guest today. Um, Zeb, uh, you're a Green Bay Packer fan and 
us Cowboy fans do not like Green Bay for obvious reasons. Um, but the floor is yours. Tell us a little bit about what you saw, what you thought, and then, you know, you can bring up Green Bay, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about what you think about your your team this year and, you know, what y'all's hopes are. So uh, go ahead. The floor is yours. Um, and we're excited to hear what you have to say. All right. First of all, I'm not going to be, you know, super completely hateful. All right. I promise. So <laughs> this year, like this year is probably, I think the best I've seen your team aside from 2016, if I'm not mistaken, You're right. um, th- like they, and it's not just because I, in my personal opinion, and you guys, y'all watch your team more than I do offensively y'all have never been a problem or i mean like it happens but it's like all they'll score you know what i mean it's always been defensively especially last year um real quick uh i thought y'all were gonna get patrick satan from bama you know i'm a bama Mm -hmm. guy so i really thought that's where y'all gonna get um didn't but you know it worked out either way i think dallas has been blessed with really good draft picks um michael parsons um who else is this? CD Lamb fell in y'all's lap. Jerry Jones years back. I don't know if y'all remember. He wanted Johnny Menzel, but his son convinced yep. him to take Zach Martin, which probably y'all Thank owe God. him a lot for that one. Yeah. So Michael Parsons, man, I, I want to say he's the real deal. He's a ball hawk. He's really um, he's got like the sky's the limit for him. As far as the game goes, it took y'all too long, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I guess it's fact for y'all to start get going you know um but zach last podcast you made fun of colin murray's height and it came back to bite you i i heard it but yeah colin murray colin murray's never lost in texas man he's that's his statement look they might put I don't in the like playoffs Kyler murray. i do not like Kyler murray so that is my biggest thing is like he pisses hmm. me off because not only did he leave what? Now, not only did he leave from A and M, he wants to go to he want he got drafted by Arizona, and beats up all my Cowboys. So the double <laughs> hatred I have for him is an understatement. That right. explains a lot. Wait, are yes. y'all serious? He's never he's never lost in Texas. He's never, never. lost in Texas, buddy. Five and zero in high school, uh, one and zero in college, and now two and zero in the NFL. Dude, well, that's I, the stat. <laughs> I guess uh, two or three championships in high school on that on that uh, field. He may be he may be shorter, but I guess everything's not bigger in Texas. Yeah, but um, aside from that, I read a stat. Greg Zerline, he's uh, y'all lost by a total. I think it's a eight points, and he's left he's left fourteen points by missed kicks. So in the offseason, a kicker will definitely be um, important. Like, yeah, it's definitely going to be important. But missed throws, drops, penalties. Um, there was a fumble by Edmonds that when I went back and watched, I thought that was a turnover, but it was, like, real like real close. It could have gone either way, but it didn't go in favor of y'all. Trevon Dix. I'm a Bama guy, like I said. I, I really think – I honestly think that all Bama guys are going to be good. doesn't turn out that way, but – all the time, but Trevon Diggs always thought he, he's a ball hawk. He has 11 interceptions, but one stat that y'all might not know is that he's given up 1,000 yards in his coverage, zone and man. 
Yeah. So yeah. him, he needs to double down. He can be an all-pro corner. Everything I've heard about him from the fans is he's the best corner y'all have had since Dion. I don't oh, yeah. like. I don't know too much about y'all's history between then with corners. He's the real deal. Um, offensively, like I said, y'all will be fine. I called it that they were gonna start start coming back. I told my coworker y'all gonna start coming back at the end of the third, at mm-hmm. the beginning of the fourth type uh, time because I've seen it happen too many times where they'll get going like the Broncos game. Um, right. So it just it took too long for them to get going. And I have a hot take that I'm going to throw down since I'm on here. I personally believe that I think Tony Pollard might take over Zeke's job. Maybe not this year. Maybe at the end of next year going forward. I think Zeke might get replaced. Mm. I agree with you. I think it's possible. Really? really Zeke might get replaced. I you, think just, just look at the league. Uh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. There's a reason why everyone is so hesitant on paying running backs. They just think they're indispensable. You know, we have as Green Bay Packers, we had Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. We let Jamal Williams go because now we have uh, AJ Dillon, if you know who that is. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, Tony Pollard in one of your games recently took a hundred yard kickoff, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I mean, they think he's the guy, you know, and they paid Zeke all that money. He came back from Cabo over, overweight, what was it, two years ago? And, I mean, it's just – he hasn't been the same guy. And it's really a trend with running backs is that they take so much wear and tear, especially a workhorse workhorse like Zeke. So, I think just because – and it's not him. I know he's grinding and stuff, but it's just, it's just one of those things that happens. It's just – it is what it is. Yeah. I, I think the – you know, Zeke, like, you're you're spot on with that. Like, I think that there's a chance that, you know, Pollard, uh, Zeke's going to be our guy for at least the next year and a half. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of, you know, how long can, can Zeke be decent? Like, we don't even know if he can. Right. Because I believe, I fully believe he's in the best shape he can be right now. But um, right. It, it's just a matter of how long he can, he can still perform at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Tony I mean, starts, you know, looking better, then I think they'll start, you know, like you see it happen all the time. It's sports, you know, some you can, especially with COVID and stuff, you you're, you can lose your job. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not impossible. Some people might not want to see it. Some people might want to see it. But I think it's just like the undeniable truth is that eventually, sooner than later, it, it just from my eyes that I think he's going to get replaced. If not Tony Pollard, then someone young that they don't have to pay yet. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, I think all good points there. I mean, you know, Tony Pollard has been the better back um, for the last two years. I would say Zeke is just, he's a third down back. And I mean, I've talked to many people, you know, at work and stuff, and just they honestly believe that Zeke is a third down back, and I and I see it now. I mean, he's he's lost his explosiveness. He's lost his you know way of you know you know breaking tap you know breaking free and just busting through the secondary. You know, you don't see that from Zeke anymore. So it is a cause for concern, but um, time will tell with that and. 
you know, I think the right moves will be made, hopefully. And I think things will, I think things will flow and we'll be fine. But, you know, it's the Cowboys. I don't know what to expect sometimes. So, you know, my hopes are high. But anyway, guys, um, as y'all know, um, Shazeb is here as our special guest today. Um, He's a very good friend of ours. Um, So we're going to dedicate this segment um, to him. You know, we're going to talk about his Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to talk about his Alabama being the national championship game, which is very nice coming from an A&M fan. You know, he's used to that. I'm not. But, (laughs) and then we can also talk about Green Bay and the upcoming playoffs. So, Zeb, first off, I want to congratulate your team for another national championship appearance. Um, Looking for back-to-back titles. Um, Just kind of wanted to see your thoughts on the season. Um, You know, what are your expectations for the game Monday night? Um, Just, you know, go into that. What what are some of your, you know, concerns? What are some of your, like, okay, you know, some positive notes? You know, what, what are you, how are you feeling? Zach, first of all, I'm going to come back to this. I want to tell all the viewers um, or listeners, last summer, Zach and I were having a conversation and he was so worried about his Aggies. Oh man, I don't think we can get, I don't think we could ever be Bama, this and that. And I was telling him, we playing the SEC, anything can happen. Even before the game, I told him, I think Alabama can lose this game. And he was like, man, I'm so nervous. I don't know. Um, A&M that night in, I believe it was October, maybe middle of October, they were really the better team. They're, they're coming up. I mean, I understand there's frustrations around that. But, I mean, Kyle Field was rocking. And, you know, we we got something to prove against A&M. So, you know, Aggies had a hell of a year, too. Um Obviously, there's some things to work on. It's it's hard um, as a team. Like, everyone says, oh, Bama gets all the five stars and stuff like that. That's, you know, that is true. But it's hard to be good every single year. There's coaches. There's preparation. I mean, believe it or not, it, this might sound all far-fetched or whatever, but there's a lot that goes into, you know, being a good team. Um I obviously I have a chance. I think we have a chance to win. It's not been the best Bama team that I've seen, but I mean, we've done enough to win. One thing I wanted to touch was that everyone that, you know, you're a fan of, we have Aggie fans in here. I don't know what team you guys support, but regardless, you want to see your teams beat beat the other team by 50 and whatnot because it's college. Well, the thing is, is that, that's cool and all, but can you win the games that matter the most? I want to touch on Georgia real quick. Georgia's a really great team defensively and offensively, but Stenson Bennett did not only threw 10 passes in the fourth quarter before the SEC championship game. So just think about that. Their backs yeah. were never against the wall, whereas Bama, we were down to Auburn at Auburn. We were down to LSU, a depleted LSU roster, we should have beat by 50, and we only beat by six or eight. Um, that Georgia team relied heavy on the run, and in the SEC championship game, we stopped them. Um, I want to compare that Georgia team like the 2020 49ers, where 
they ran Raheem Mostert and all the running backs, and Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't have to do anything, which right. worked until they got down, and then Garoppolo and Mahomes had to go into a shootout, which is what happened in the SEC championship game when Stenson Bennett had to go into a shootout with Heisman winner Bryce Young. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think Alabama, you know, we have a chance to win. Um, we did really well against Cincy. Uh, they didn't have big enough guys than us. Um, so all we had to do was run the ball, ran for 300 yards, held Riddler for Ritter for 144 yards passing and the number four team in the country to six points. Um, right. Georgia rolled over Michigan. Michigan turned the ball over, surrendered sacks. They couldn't establish anything. So I think it's going to be more of a dog fight. I think Alabama can win. Um, but really all it is is that, you know, you just, I'm always going to stay humble when it comes to Bama because it's like you can go from the best team in the world to the worst. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just one of those things is that, regardless of the score or not, you know, we had a good year or whatnot. We'll be back next year reloaded, just like you guys. Aggies, number one, recruiting the nation. We're going to see what happens. But I got I got Alabama 32-24. Well, we will see on Monday night. Um, I appreciate the shout-out for A&M's number one recruiting class officially. I want to talk about it. Now the number one class ever in college football yes, history. Sir. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I don't know what we're going to do with it. You know, we've had good classes in the past, but we've, we've kind of crapped ourselves with, with right. talent. So, you know, our ultimate goal is to beat Bama, to beat you guys. That's the number one goal. And, you know, you guys have sustained, sustained success for so long. And, you know, you've won national titles. You've been in national titles. I mean, you've been in the college football playoff seven out of the last eight years. Right. And, you know, to me, that just shows that, you know, you go to a recruit's house, all you have to tell them is look at our national championships, look at our championship appearances, look at our, you know, and guess what? 39 you NFL got, first round picks. Yeah, you've got oh, you've yeah. got that player right then and there. So – A&M is trying to dethrone you guys and try to make this a big time rivalry and where it's back and forth, you know, like the Florida state Miami back in the nineties. Right. You know, that's what we really want to try to establish. So I'm really excited for this class and I'm really excited to see where this, this, this goes. I think it's going to be big for us and yeah, hopefully definitely. things will, hopefully, you know, the next three, four, five years will be some battles, but. Oh yeah. On to the next. I know talked about Green Bay earlier, and we'll get to that. Um, I wanted to talk about your Oklahoma City Thunder. I know they're in a rebuilding. <laughs> I know they're in a rebuild. I know it's it's from top. It's from y'all are t- your team is on top of the world to to now we're talking about your team that's on the bottom. I know, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, man, they have a lot of potential. I, from what I've seen, you know, I'm a Mavericks fan, obviously. You know, all of us in here are Mavericks fans, except for you, obviously. Um, but uh, I, I've seen a lot, you know, times that we've played, played y'all. They have a lot of talent, and I think they can, you know, get that talent, you know, establish some guys and, you know, develop some some really raw talent and maybe get 
get back to being, you know, top five in the West. I, I don't know what your thoughts on it, so I'm going to let you, you know, kind of chime in on it and talk about it. And I know David's probably got some interesting points at it too. So, Zeb, I'll let you take a stab at it and, you know, let it rip. Take a stab at it. <laughs> so, first of all, you Zach, you know me. Ryan, uh, David, we don't really know each other, but Ryan, you know me. I hate losing, man. I mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. If I'm playing and my team is playing, I really hate losing. So right. I hate the whole tanking thing. I understand it, but I hate it. Um, yeah, we have talent. You know, Shea Gilgis Alexander has been a all-star waiting to become a superstar. You know, we've seen flashes this year. Um, if you've seen House of Highlights, ESPN, buzzer beaters, you know, um, I think he had his first career triple-double or second this year. But – you know, we, we're, our team right now, just if uh, really the only thing I can ask for is for them to play hard, um, you know, with the uncertainties of who's going to be on the team and everything, just because everyone is so young is, you know, it sucks, but it's like, it's just one of those things. It, it takes a while. It's going to take years. Um, I'm hoping we can bring in a superstar, you know, hopefully, if not this year, the next year. Um, I don't ex- I don't really have expectations. You know, I, I like I said, I don't like to lose if they fight hard. I mean, like the two wins against that we had against the Lakers. I mean, I was there in OKC the day before my birthday where we came back from 26 down. So that was really fun to watch, especially in person. Mm. Um, but, you know, I personally would love if we can at least make the playing game. I mean, I can't really ask for too much than that, you know, but we got years, you know, for now, I'm just going to enjoy what we have and what and really mainly watch the other teams as guys that like people that are at the end of their careers and stuff like that. Like, you never know when LeBron is going to go. You never know when some of these other, like Chris Paul and stuff. So, you know, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy our ride. But also, you know, I, I'm a, I have love for the game. I'm going to sit and watch, you know all the everyone else as well so we'll see where we go you know i'm excited um we just got some years ahead of us before we could talk about contending or anything like that you know Makes sense. right yeah and i mean it's gonna take time you know the mavericks were there you know rebuilding and i feel like sometimes with luca we're still rebuilding because mm-hmm. the stuff that we've we've put around them just you know that's a that's another story you know Another Speaking topic. of Luca, I got something to ask Ryan whenever we have a minute. But yeah, continue. Oh, I know exactly what you're gonna ask. <laughs> well, here we go. What, Zeb? You go ahead. Ask him what. What is that question you want to ask Ryan? The one thing I want to touch on Luca real quick is that he is like he is legit. You know, I don't know what your thoughts on the trade because. Trey Young for Luca. I mean, it seems like it worked out for both teams. Unfortunately, y'all have had to run into the defensive-minded Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, and at, um, Trey took the Hawks all the way to the Eastern Conference Championship. Um, one thing about Luca, I wanted to know, is that he's came into training camp overweight at 260 pounds. Two years that this is the second year in a row, and that also caused him to get hurt now jason kidd if y'all read the reports on him from his bucks days he wasn't having any of that bs so this i like real quick i guess i could ask you guys like 
what do you think it is? Because he's he's a superstar, but you can't be coming into training. You're the leader of the team, and you're coming in overweight. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, do you see what's happening with Zion? You know, I, I know I got something to ask Ryan, but I wanted to see your guys' take because that's something that was on my mind. He is your superstar, mm -hmm. and he's coming in overweight, kind of like Zeke, who got the bag, but he came in from Cabo out of shape. What do y'all think? Uh, uh, whoever wants to go. Uh, I mean – I think they've said that and they, they like to bring it up at very particular moments. Like it, mm -hmm. it's been a tough season with COVID for one. Right. I mean, you've seen him come in and out of the lineup several times, but my, my second point of defense for Luca is, mm -hmm. you know, he had the Olympics going on and uh, the season, the last season actually didn't end like until a few months before this new one, it was an insane uh, kind of turnaround. Right. So I kind of, I kind of, I, I sympathize with him in that regard. Like, I don't think he's taking a, a break off from basketball, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But right. I, I do agree, you know, he's, he's not in uh, the best shape of his life. I do think he can cut down on the weight and maybe be a little bit quicker. Um, but the main part about his game is his shiftiness. Like he's not gonna, he's not all about like sprinting past the guy, but if you watch his game, you slow it down. It's all about right. his change of direction. Um, now could, could, could that be even better if he was more in shape? Definitely. So, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just something to think about there. And I, I hope Luca, you know, we all want Luca to be his best. Yeah. I mean, to heart, to, to, piggyback off of uh david i think the biggest thing with luca is he doesn't he he's never had a full nba off season mm -hmm. um he's played in the olympics he's you know we've had the covid bubble we've had an extended season to almost to the end of july this past season right then you go into the olympics and then he only has about three or four maybe maybe a month let's say and then training camp starts. And I think during that time frame, he gains a lot of weight because he wants to just relax and yeah. take it easy. And I think mm -hmm. that has hurt him a lot. So um, I I don't know. And I think that hurts him. That I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. Um, right. Because he is the superstar. He is the number one guy. And, you know, him being mm -hmm. out of shape, you know, it, it doesn't help the team. Yeah, that's it, the thing. It's it like, hurts the team, and it mm -hmm. and it's like a cancer. It, you know, it it resembles the team in a way, like the lackluster starts, the the slow starts. You know, the last two years we've had slow starts to the season, especially if he can't play. Right. right. You know, these injuries are piling up with his ankle, with his knee, with his. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just COVID. You know, all this all this stuff is adding up. So mm -hmm. I think. Once he gets a real NBA offseason where he can work out and do what he needs to do, I think a it'll be a lot different. But I don't right. know. I mean, it, time will tell with that, and hopefully things will things will get better with him. But um, the last topic that I wanted to uh, address is that. Do you mind if I break you off real quick? Yeah, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, just needed to ask Ryan that question. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ryan good. Jackson. In the last podcast, 
I heard some Stephen A. blasphemy from you. <laughs> I mean, you said that the the Dallas Mavericks would be better off without Luca. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 for, I don't know where your head as okay. head is on this, um, but I just I guess I want to hear your explanation first. Okay. Okay. And then I have something to follow up with that, but please okay. go ahead. All right. So here's my explanation. I did not necessarily say <laughs> they would be better off. If you if you go back to the podcast last week, I said they what if? I said what if the Mavericks are better off if Luca wasn't no. there? That's it. That that's right. it. I'm I'm gonna go back to the episode and cut the soundbite out just for go proof, ahead. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in here, so that's gonna be right here Oops. now. I feel uh, so. That I feel like they can win without Luca. I feel like they can make it to the playoffs without Luca. I feel like they can go even further in the playoffs without Luka Doncic. Uh, just like the Lakers... Uh, I was going to say the Lakers can do a little bit without LeBron. <laughs> okay, hey, so that, that, that was it. We don't know what it said, but... Okay, okay. So go back and say it, whatever. I said, what if the Mavericks are better off without Luka? Now... Whenever I said that, the mindset I was getting at was what you guys were just saying uh, previously. Okay, Luka is a superstar. Okay, like LeBron when he came into the NBA. Okay, like Michael when he came into the NBA. Like Kobe when he came into the NBA. Luka is a superstar. And we understand that it takes a while for superstars to become those superstars. But we already know they are. We know they are. So with everything you guys just said, all right, for example, coming in, you know, uh, 200 pounds plus or however, how, however heavy he was, 260, 260 uh, coming in heavy like that, you know, it doesn't look good on a superstar. I'm not, not a big all. LeBron fan, but when he came into the NBA, I promise you, there was not talk about, oh, he was coming in practice uh, pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. All right? Even my team, the Pelicans, Zion, our, our dude, who we drafted number one, had came comes in practice over here, heavier, looking like Charles Barkley and Shaq had a kid. Okay, <laughs> okay but, but he doesn't look like he doesn't. Luca does not look like that. Okay. Okay. Yes, I know. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All I said was what if. Now, whenever, right. like I said, like okay. when I said what if, I was just getting everybody's opinion and their imaginations thinking because you have to kind of think about it. We, the mm. Mavericks rely, and that's the problem I've always said about the Mavericks is that they rely on a certain somebody. Okay. Before Luca, who was it? It was Dirk. They relied on Dirk. And now, of course, Dirk came through in 2011, but he couldn't come through in 2006. He couldn't come through in 2008. 
are okay. are, so, are the Mavs supposed to rely on Reggie Bullock? Are they supposed to rely on Moses Brown? Like, if not, Luca, who else? They're supposed to rely on a team effort. Let's try. That's why I always try to talk about the Mavs. Let's try to get a team and establish a team effort so we aren't just relying on that one person. Because, like in the previous weeks, whenever Luca's not there, now. To, to the extent they have had some good games and they have won without Luca, but that just shows you what the Mavericks can do. So I mean, instead of relying just on Luca, what do you need? let's instead of relying just on Luca, let's rely on a team effort. That's all I'm saying. Let's get a good, a strong and consistent post big man to go ahead and play play down low. I, that's all I'm I can't. I, I can't disagree with you on that one. We need a big man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Porzingis is just—he's inconsistent, and it's just—it's getting to the point where he's not using his size. He wants to shoot threes all all game long, you know, and it just doesn't work that way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get what you're saying, Ryan, but every team that every team that I know that has won championships and has won, you know, or has gone far in the playoffs, they've always had a superstar player. They've always had to rely on a superstar yep. player to make big plays. Of course. It's it's not – I understand where you're coming from in that instance, but Luka Doncic, without Luka Doncic, we don't take the, the, the Clippers to seven games last year. And that's a yep. problem. Right there, what you just said, that's a problem. But I mean, how many, but how many, but how many teams could do that, you know, without like, you know what I'm saying? Cause uh, Luca has 11 of of the games he's played against the Clippers. He's had 11 30 plus point games. So you take him out of that equation against the Clippers. I mean, they're just, I mean, respectfully, they're what I guess they could probably get blown out because Porzingis wasn't playing as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if they don't rely on Luca, just like how, the Cavs teams rely on LeBron. This year's Lakers teams rely on LeBron as well. Giannis's team, Jokic. I mean, you gotta have that one guy. You know you what do. I mean? You do, but like like all great teams, you have to have a supporting cast around it, and you need That's to Mark have Ruby. a. You need to have somebody. You need to have, like I said, you have to have a supporting <laughs> cast around it, and then also right. you need to make up some kind of play where that that player that superstar doesn't have the ball mm-hmm. all the time. Let's right. like let's get around that one player because think about it. If we already know Luca's going to have the ball, I mentally in our heads if we're the defense, if we're the Clippers, we already know what's going to happen. We already know right. everything. Luca's going to have the ball. He's going to get a screen. Somebody's going to set a screen. He's just going to hit a um he's going to hit a step back fade away uh three. Okay? Let's get it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. So that's where the mindset of okay, what if Luca is? Uh, what if the Mavs lose Luca? Well, I mean, that's kind of like if you know any other team loses their superstar, exactly. Because Porzingis, Porzingis isn't you know, he isn't going to be as far as what I've seen from Porzingis from his New York days. Now he isn't going to be the super aggressive Giannis Joel and B type. You know, like Anthony Davis and him really just you know, trip me out because Davis and KP just like, they could be so freaking exactly. good, 40 points a night, 30 points a night, but they just settle on being average and settle for jumpers. 
Like it's not going to help Luca. And the second thing I believe is that the Mavericks should bring in another ball handler. Um, y'all yes. were talking about it it the last segment. I think that's okay short term. I don't think he's the answer yeah. long term. I was thinking the Mavericks should get someone like Goran Dragic, who's he's who mm-hmm. he is Luca's um, friends with, and. You know, yeah. like I guess he wants to hey, play with Shazab. Shazab, what about Seth Curry when they had him? That was oh, a great. Oh, that was a great Hard duo trade. right there. When the, the Mavs lost Seth Curry. They mm-hmm. they lost it. That was their guy. If they could, if that, that's what I'm talking about. If they could no. build a team around those two, and then let's go ahead and try to get a big man. That's those three right there, where you're not just relying on Luca to handle the ball, not only be a ball handler, but then shooting at the same time. Because that's what the Mavs are really trying to are doing right now. They have Luca right. as the ball handler, and then have him shooting as well. Like yep. that's not gonna that's not gonna work. Yep. It's like yo, of course I'm not a big LeBron fan, but then think about it when LeBron was with the Heat, won three championships, he had Ray Allen to back him up. He had D-Wade yep. to back him up. He had Chris Bosh yep. to back him up. That's all I'm saying. Now, Dirk did it. Dirk did it with an aging Jason Kidd. Hey, he had, but, mm-hmm. hey, Dirk had a prime Jason Terry going up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. That's it. You're right. I Good think, point. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's just time will tell. It takes a long time to develop, you know, a good team around a superstar. It just does. Plain and simple, you know, look at Dirk. Took him 10 years to finally get over that hump, you know, to get – Right. You know, it, it just takes time. You know, it's it's a patient – you know, you got to be patient. And, you know, I think it'll happen. It's just Maverick fans like us are – we're waiting for that, that magical run again. And it's just – you know, it's, it, it's going to take time. No doubt, but um, moving on to the last subject of tonight, um, you know, Green Bay. I know we talked. We gotta we gotta talk about a little bit of Green Bay sh- quickly, because um, we gotta call this one a day. Um, but uh, Zeb, I know you're a big Green Bay fan, so. Talk, you know, touch on it quickly. What do you think about the playoffs, and what what are your expectations on that? Yeah, so just real quick, I think it was huge for us to get the number one seed because just like before, uh, I want the playoffs to go through Lambeau. Um, regardless of the outcome or whatnot, I think that was the best-case scenario. People hate playing at Lambeau, which is a good thing for us because, you know, the home crowd and everything – um Rodgers looks like MVP offense uh man they really suspect at times um but I'm hoping they can you know come through whatnot defense I don't know they were playing well and now we're not um aside from the last game but hopefully it's good enough to you know good enough good enough for us to win a championship especially since the Bucks are depleted um but I really want a Dallas-Green Bay matchup in Lambeau. I think there would be nothing. I don't want to see any other team come to Lambeau right. except for Dallas. I wouldn't love anything other than that. 
Um, obviously, I believe that we're good enough to win a championship. I believe that Dallas is good enough to win a championship. I mean, oh. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I believe oh. it, you know. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, rightfully so, you know, offense looks good, defense looks good. For both of our teams, our special te- y'all's special teams definitely better than ours, um, aside from kicker. But, I mean, I think we're good enough. I think, you know, we can get Rodgers his second championship before or if he decides to leave him and Adams. But that's a story for another day. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to see a championship come down Lambeau. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm excited for the playoffs, you know, this week, the last week of the regular season. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, man, Zeb, it's been – it was an honor to have you on. Um, I appreciate you joining us today and I know Ryan and David are, you know, very much appreciative that you came and gave us some great opinions, some differing opinions, uh, from outside of Texas and just kind of, you know, bringing that, that, that different, uh, element to our, to our show. And we we really appreciate that. So, uh, Ryan sign us off, um, for the night. Yes, sir. Hey, Shazam, again, once again, uh, thank you so much, dude, for just being a part of us, man. Um, of course, we're going to be calling you uh, a lot more often because these this probably has been a really, really great podcast, man, just kind of just talking to you, man, and, and uh, getting your opinion along with Zach and David. So, again, we thank you so much, dude. Um, as for everybody else, go ahead, like us on follow us on Instagram, like us on uh, Facebook, uh, hit us up on Twitter, catch us out and about. Please, guys, uh, follow our social media accounts. We are going to be posting a lot more. Uh, go ahead and start looking at our Instagram and uh, more of our social media because you'll see all of the things that we have coming up. Um, we have a lot of things in store, so get ready. 2022 is going to be an awesome year, guys. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you soon.